0: seven ways that the devil deceives us. The Bible does tell us that the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil tells us that Satan is a liar. If you live life one day at a time, you know that the devil is always out to attack. 24-7, he's out to not only attack, but to devour us. But yet the Bible says, he that's in us is stronger than he that's in the world. That being said, the truth of the matter is that many people today are in churches, are watching, are listening, and their life is being destroyed, and they don't really realize what's happening. And so I wanted to just bring some simple thoughts to you today, but you will see they're very much biblical thoughts, as to the ways Satan works If you are wanting to defeat an enemy, you have to know what their weapon is and how they use it and when they use it and where they use it and and what it is directed towards. So as the scriptures come up on the screen, I want you to take note of them and maybe go home and read them at a later time. And of course, if you're here or you would like to receive a copy of the message today or any of our services, You can do that. But I want to ask you a question. Do you believe the devil is a deceiver? Or is he just honestly presenting his position? If you've ever been deceived by anybody, you know how it hurts. You know how when you have trusted someone and so many people today... Many of them, very faithful churchgoers, trust the devil to control their life. Now they comment that they're a Christian. They talk about, I'm a believer, and don't even know what they believe in. But as you open up the Bible, you're going to find this one thing, if you'll study who Satan is, that he is the master of deceit. He is the master of it. You say, well, I'm kind of deceptive at times. Well, we may all be at times. But none of us hold what he holds when it comes to being the father of lies. He is the archenemy, Satan is, who is the friend, we think, of many that lean his direction to solve their problems. And we believe that if we'll just do what others are doing, we will come out okay but then we do it long enough we find out it does not work and the bottom line is that the devil doesn't really care how you live your life if you just don't receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior he can deal with anything other than that one thing He can deal with your creativity, your sense of humor, your personality, any of that kind of stuff. But you know what the devil cannot deal with? When he realizes that he that's in us is greater than the one that's in the world, which is him. And he relies on that. And the reason he relies on it is because it works most of the time. I've lived long enough to see it as a young child, as a teenager, a young adult, middle-aged adult, and a senior adult. The devil is brilliant. I have seen people knocked off of their feet that you would think never, 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 the way they are blessed, that they would give the devil one moment of their life, but they do. People that will come and go to church They will go to Sunday school, and I've even seen it when they teach Sunday school. I've seen them. They live on the street, down at the mission centers. But you know what? You can go to the mission center. You can watch on television, listen on the radio, go to church, do whatever you want to do, and the devil's perfectly all right with it unless... You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and invite him to take over your life. Right. The moment that happens, he is defeated. He knows it. He cannot. No weapon is formed against us He'll prosper because this is the inheritance of the children of God. And the devil has no inroad to a person who has, is practicing continually the lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I am following him. And it matters not what the polls are showing and the direction that the majority are going. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Now God, through his word, gives us solemn warnings about these deceptions. He makes it very clear in his book that many church-going people don't read. They just trust that everything's going good because there is a Bible that they do not read, nor do they know. Matthew 24, 24 says these words, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders In so much, now listen to these words, if it were possible, they would deceive the elect or the saved. If it were possible. Listen. If Jesus is Lord of your life, the devil cannot deceive you. If he is making your decisions, you cannot be deceived. But that doesn't come automatically with joining a church and being baptized and reading the Bible and praying before you go to bed at night or before your every meal. You have to look at the scripture and read it and say, thank you, Lord, for those words, if it were possible. Because you see, right now, I'm speaking to some born-again Christians and you don't look like it. You look like you're believing that the devil's got you wrapped around his finger, but if the Lord is in you, he can't do that. He does not allow that to happen. But you can surround yourself with the things of God and not know the God that owns everything. You've heard, I hope, Matthew 3, 2. It says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's my question for you. Have you ever repented? Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? I mean, have your life ever turned around? Or were you walking in your life a certain way? And as you walked in that way, good things began to happen. You met some new people. You enjoyed some new things. You had a little bit better peace. But Jesus was never Lord. There were those times that came up in your life and continue to come up in your life When you stammer and stutter and find yourself right back in the same place that you used to be in before you said Jesus came into your life. The word repent means one thing. You turn around. It is a military term about face. That's what repentance is. You're going this way and now you're going that way. This way you surround yourself with certain things. When you go this way, you get rid of those things and surround yourself with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they begin to guide you into all truth. You know, I've heard people say this. Well, back in 1964, you know, I came to church, got baptized, and I turned over a new leaf in my life. God help you. You don't turn over new leaves. You become a new person. You don't take the old person and just flop it over on the other side like cooking a fried egg. What you do is old things pass away and everything becomes new. Let me give you four scriptures. Romans 12, 1. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Scripture number 2, Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. The question is, do you? Scripture number three, Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Are there many today that are not in these seats? They really don't have a reason not to be here other than I was just too tired, didn't feel like it. Well, I went last Sunday. I go pretty often. I go more than most people. The Bible says don't forsake to send yourselves together because many of those others are church members. But the point is, does Jesus live in their life? The fourth scripture is 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Do you do that? Are you a giver? Are you a taker? When I showed you what I had you look at in the bulletin a while ago, does that make you feel great because you had a part of that or make you feel terrible because, well, I didn't give a dime. I was like the majority of, of all church members. Don't give anything. But you see, God's work gets done through his kids because he pours his wealth through his kids. He pours his love to his kids. He pours truth to his kids. He pours all of those things through his kids. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Amen. Do you know anything about that? You can memorize scripture and not live by it. Do you know that? Now one thing's good about memorizing it is you quote it and find out you're not living it, then you get convicted. But if you haven't got it memorized, don't read the Bible, then you've forgotten it a long time ago and it never comes up in your mind. But you see, this is stronger than a two-edged sword. The scripture says about itself. The power that wrote this scripture interprets this scripture and convicts us if we forsake it and gives power to us when we receive it. Deception number two. Are you deceived to believe that you really are not as bad as the Scripture says that you are? Let me say it again. You are not as bad as the Scripture says you are. That's what you think. Yes, you are. And yes, I am. One sin makes you a sinner. God does not grade on the curve you either saved or lost. You're either bound for heaven or you're bound for hell. According to the scripture. And so you look at it. 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I can hear some thinking going on right now. Well, I tell you what, I'm good, as, I'm good as about everybody else I know. Well, bless you. Now, I got a question. Are you good as Jesus? Oh, well, nobody's like him. You got that right. But if you don't have the blood of Jesus, you've never been saved. Jesus takes our place when it comes to this sin thing. He's the one that fights Satan, not you. Our religion will not bring us to Jesus. Our faith... And our trust in Jesus is what brings life now and everlasting. It seems logical to most people. If I just straighten up, how many times have I heard this? If I just straighten up, I think I'll be okay. My dear friend, you got to do something about what's in the past. Well, I'm going to forget about it. No, you're not. And if you did, it wouldn't help you any. What you have to understand is that you are experiencing an absolute clear prophecy of the Bible and teaching of the Bible that your sins will find you out. You can become very stingy quickly. I mean, it just just makes you mad when I talk about money. Oh, good. Don't think I'll go anymore. Went twice last year, and I don't think I'm going to go, but once this year. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as unclean things, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Right. Romans 3:10. For it is written, "There is none righteous, no, not one." Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what? The only way, now listen to me very carefully. Forget everything else I'm saying, you remember this. The only way any of us will ever see heaven is through the righteousness of God and the blood of Of Jesus Christ. Now forget the rest of the sermon. But don't you forget that. It's not by works of righteousness. Which we have done. It's by his stripes. That we've been healed. That Jesus that you don't know. Whether you know him or not. If he is not real in your life. You're not ready to meet him. You're not ready to meet tomorrow. You're not even ready to meet this afternoon. Or another moment in your life. But the devil has us so confused that one of our greatest sins is comparing ourselves to each other. There's no comparison here. There's nobody here better than you, greater than you, more favored to God. It's all about here. And the problem is here with a lot. And the reason the problem is here because you've never been there. You never realize what it means to be born again. If you believe Any other thing than what I just told you, you're being deceived. It's only the blood. Salvation is a gift, and he will decide who he gives it to. And it's up to us as to whether or not we will meet his requirements for salvation. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but it's got to be about him. In Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament chapter 7 verse 20, the scripture says, "For there is not a just man upon earth that does good and sins not." Amen. Did you get that scripture? Right. For there is not a just man, and that doesn't mean male, not a just person upon earth that does good and sins not, but quite the opposite. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you say you have no no sin, the Bible says you're being deceived, and if you admit that you're a sinner and want to be saved, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. You can be made over again. Deception number three, you're so important, so successful, so popular, so educated, so wealthy, so good-looking, and you can put more descriptions to your name that you don't need to humble yourself to be saved you're too smart to be saved you're too good-looking to be saved you got too much money to be saved you're too popular to be saved hey, you're, the, you're the big cog in the synagogue you're the big wheel at the office you're, you're the man about town you're the one that everybody looks at when they go to the party I mean why do you need Jesus because he's the way the truth and the life and nobody comes to the father except through Jesus. None of those things matter. Those are things God can use, but that's not what saves any of us. But there, we're deceived to believe. That's true. Listen to Galatians 6, 3. For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Pretty clear, isn't it? For three of you might not have understood that. For if a man thinks himself to be something... When he is nothing, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Amen. You know, it's one thing for people to lie to you. It's one thing people to lie to me, but for me to lie to me, just really makes me mad. <laughs> when, when I start trying to pat myself on the back, and either my back is not where it used to be, my arm shorter or something <laughs> it, it, it confuses me. When I get there's nobody around but me, and I can't even sound the best person here. You know, you get in those kind of situations. But when you come to the cross and everybody else is saying, Let me tell you what I got for Christmas, the thing that you want to know is for people to know that one day you received something money can't buy and death can't take it away. It's got an eternal, everlasting guarantee. It's available to whosoever will. The rich, the poor, the black, the white, the brown, the educated, the uneducated, the American, the Chinese, the Vietnamese, wherever you may come from. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you something. One of the largest groups in the New Testament were the Pharisees. They were the important, dignified, wealthy landowners, business successes, on and on and on. And they could not stoop down to worship a lowly carpenter. They couldn't make it happen. Their pride was too great. They were up here. Those are common people down there. They couldn't handle it. Now, that's the Bible. But the truth is, the same thing's going on today. Right here, where we live, we have people that believe there's no way that I need to humble myself like a little child. Yet the Bible says if you don't, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. You won't. And by the way, the quicker that I learned this, the, the better or the more it meant to my life, and that was that God can get by without any of us. Amen. Well, I tell you what, we lost much. I just don't know what we're going to do. If Jesus is still Lord, we're going to do what we'd have done if it had been here. That's the way God works. He is not depending upon me. I'm depending upon him. I want him to use me, and I think you want him to use you, but you want him to know you down here because, you know, if he doesn't know you down here, he won't know you up there. We're to be like Jesus. And you know what? Jesus never boasted. He always wanted the glory to go back to the Father. That's what he wanted. And that's what it's about today. If I be lifted up, Jesus said, well, who's going to lift him up? We are. We want the financial world to know that our God supplies all of our needs and we don't have to wait till the business channel comes on in the morning and the stock market opens. God takes care of his kids. Amen. But we're caught up in all the anxiety and, and we go on and say, my stock fell so much, let's all go have a drink at the club. Half of them go to church and half of them don't, but they're all there. Oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know who. I just don't know how. I just, I'm not going to make it in my retirement. The Lord said, you don't retire? Okay, come on home. You know, right. we can go today, Folks. And you know what? If you go today, you won't care when the government reopens. And you will not care what Social Security is going to pay or what the interest rates are going to be or what the Dow Jones is going to say. We're absent from the body. We're present with the Lord. Jesus is Lord here. He's Jesus and Lord there. I'll apply your need here. I'll supply your need there. So don't be deceived. Isaiah 53.3. He is despised and rejected men. It's talking about the Lord, Jesus. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. These people were too proud to come to the lowly Jesus. The same thing is true today. Deception number four. The devil gets us to trust the logic of man rather than the wisdom of God. There's a lot of arguments, logical arguments you can make for disobeying the Word of God. We can do that in, almost in our sleep. Almost any situation, we can deal with it in that way. We say, well, this is the logical thing to do, and we say this is the right thing to do. No, it's the logical thing to do. The right thing to do is the biblical thing to do. Turn the other cheek. Give. Give. And it will be given unto you. Those very simple things that we learn, some of us, from the time that we were children. 1 Corinthians three eighteen: Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. Boy, you're talking about popping your balloon after you've had a great high-lifting day. That scripture will do it to you. We can get so swollen, so puffed up, that if somebody just touches us, you know, you can take a big balloon and a little pin can touch and it just explodes. It doesn't take a lot to get us to explode. All we have to do, if you deny that, I'll put you in my truck and we'll ride around Houston on the freeways and we'll see what people think about my driving they're always out to pop my bubble. Now, don't look so sanctified. You drive just like I do on the same streets I drive on. I mean, Houston's so messed up, I don't know what they're working on and what we're supposed to drive on, you know? So the best thing to do is just thank God from whom all blessings flow. And don't know what the blessing is, but maybe God has kept us from having wrecks instead of having wrecks. I don't know. But the point is, we've got to do things God's way. Trust the wisdom of God, not the logic of men. Real quickly, number five, the the devil convinces us through deception that our heart can belong to God and our tongue belong to the world. What comes out of here is what's up here and right here. Some of the vilest talking men I have ever met in my life claim to be born again, Sunday school attending, tithing Christians. And you know the same thing. The worst talking man I ever met worked on the Houston Ship Channel. I worked in his crew. And he was was the chairman of the deacons of a church not too far from here. I am not in a bubble. I grew up like everybody else grew up. I was in all kinds of environments around all kinds of people. But sin is no respecter of persons. It's he that's in us that's greater than he's in the world. And many times, the more successful we get, the more we want to get like the world. We want to run in those circles, go to their parties, do what they do, rub shoulders with the rich and the famous and all that kind of stuff. No, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, God will exalt you. If you're saved, if you're born again, James 1:26 says, "If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle[s] not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is vain." Proverbs 6:16. These things does the Lord hate: yea, seven are abomination unto him: a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies and he that sows discord among the brethren. You ever been around a church where it had members that sow discord among the church family? Not good. Not good. good. They want to be on the complaining committee. I mean, I I don't care. I mean, the building can be perfect temperature for 5,000 days, but if it's not on one day, about six people will hear about it. All the time, we just go around playing church, playing church, playing church. If your heart belongs to God, your tongue belongs to God. Your mind belongs to God. Your heart belongs to God. Your pocketbook belongs to God. Everything about you belongs to God. Number six, it makes no difference how a person chooses to live their life. Well, preacher, I just want you to know I'm saved by grace, not by works. If you're saved by grace, your works will give indication that you've been saved by grace. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. By grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's there, folks. It's clear. Very, very clear. And if any of us, the preacher or the congregation or those watching, if one thinks they can play with sin and get away with it, we're being deceived. While you plant your wild oaks, You need to remember, harvest day is coming. Be sure your sins will find you out. As you watch other Christians fall, be careful that you do not fall yourself. And the only way to do that is to know that you know that I'm safe in the arms of God. I've been saved by the blood of Jesus. The nail-scarred hands, the nails in the feet, the sword in the side, the crown of thorns, all of it. Jesus. 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 Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Gotta let you in on a little secret. I hope this will make you feel a little bit better. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. Tomorrow you can talk about your youth. On Monday, you can say, yeah, on Sunday, you know, I was born again. Let me tell you about Sunday. Now you can tell them about Monday. Then Tuesday, you got two days. Now, the longer you live, the more you got in the past. But the good thing is that the moment you're born again, you start living again. And you start living an eternal life, an everlasting life. And God has a plan for you here. If that plan, your death, will bring glory to him, he will call you home soon. If your death would keep him from doing some things he wants to do through you because many of you, many of you continue to serve the Lord. You continue to come. You continue to give. You continue to pray. You continue to show concern about others, others, others. And the doctor says this, and the great physician says, I'll decide when. You just follow me. You just follow me. First Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Know you not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. All must be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number seven and finally, Christians... This is a deception from Satan. Christians can associate with evil and not be affected by it. I remember something when I was a little kid. Play with fire, you're going to get... Play with fire, you're going to get... Burned. Pray with sin, you're going to get trapped. Play with sin, that's the reason the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. Always, always better to avoid what you may not be able to resist. Or as I said to you a few weeks ago, never make things possible that you are not willing to happen. Don't make it possible. That's what it means to abstain from it. Choose your friends wise. Let God choose them. What you do with your life, what you eat, what you drink, what you say, all of it, all of it, all of it. Let God decide. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt good manners, awake to righteousness, and sin not. And sin not. In 1 John 2, 16, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But listen, but he that does the will of God abides forever. And 2 Corinthians 6, 17 is our last scripture. Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's his promise. If we're going to live for Jesus, we've got to shun evil. Has, this, has the devil slipped you a counterfeit? Has this message said anything to you? Say, so, you know, I think I've been conned. I thought if I just signed a card, got baptized, that everything was fine. You answer the question Has the devil slipped you a counterfeit? Or do you have the real thing? Another question Are you religious but lost? Are you religious but lost? Number three. Maybe the most important question. Have you ever asked Jesus Christ for his gift of salvation? Has it ever happened? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the scripture. That's the scripture. Have you ever asked for it? And I'm going to answer this last one, and we're through. Has the devil ever deceived you? Yes. He has me. And for the most spiritual one I'm looking at right now, he has you too. But the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Whatever you are, be the real thing. If you decide, I don't want anything to do with that Christianity, I don't want to trust Jesus, not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Things have to be pretty bad before I ever pray and ask the Lord to come into my life. That may be your attitude. That's your choice. But if your choice is to be what God put you here on this earth to do, the past is already gone. Today is the day of salvation. Now is accepted time. It must begin now. You're not guaranteed another five minutes. It's now.